0: Hey, Albert's back. We're still in the beach condo, so it's real beachy with it. Shout out right off the bat, Moto Academy member. I'm not sure which one specifically on here, if it was yeeted and deleted or needs more practice or who actually created this shirt, but thank you for the shirt. Regardless, was gifted this at Phoenix class a couple weeks ago. Nice. I am constantly getting gifts. By the way guys, no pressure to give me gifts at these classes. <laughs> but I seem to be getting gifts from the Moto Academy members at classes, and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Lots of chapstick being gifted, custom t-shirts being gifted, got a custom sticker at class. Shake uh, and Blake gave me a whole gift bag in Detroit, which was cool. And what the heck else was I just gonna say? Oh, uh, just got finished responding to Moto Academy messages and I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I go away for a couple of days, I come back and I have, Coach James helps organize notes so I know who to respond to and I'll have a laundry list of notes. And sometimes I look at that and stare at it. and I'm like, oh boy, it, it's like, if you look at it in the wrong way, it almost feels like you have to do homework and you're just looking at it like, oh no. But as you start responding, I just start feeling better and better because everybody is so cool i got the nicest message from the real gp they had dinner him and his wife had dinner with us after class so he was thanking us for that and the experience and um, everybody's just so nice and cool and then when you can help somebody it's a good feeling i love the moto academy responding to messages although it's a ton of work and it takes forever especially this condo doesn't have very good wi-fi so after i send the message i have to wait for it to load to hundred percent to creating assets. If you're in the app, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And then when it's creating asset, I can go into another message and respond, but I have to wait for it to get to hundred percent first. And it just takes when you don't have wicked fast Wi-Fi, it seems like it takes forever. Yep. So we've just been, we've just been over here working at my, my, my workstation, just chipping away at the notes. Uh, but if you want to, if you guys want to get inside of the app, if you're not already, I don't know, honestly, don't know what the heck you're doing at this point. It is, uh, online motocross community. The only one, the best one, the greatest one. It is the
1: motocross community. The motocross motocross community. community.
0: And if anybody else tries to do one, maybe people have before, but it's never, ever going to be anything like this because well, Cam, we're Moto Academy is just the best and the community is the best and it's already grown to a point where it's just gonna it's just ramping up it's just ramping up and hey, it's quite nice it's Dude, quite I nice spend,
1: i spend a bunch of time um talking with people on the app uh and direct messages i dude i every single weekend like um i'm sorry i do not look at messages on the weekends when we're shooting it's we just it's impossible it's yeah. impossible we got too much going on. i don't even text my friends i don't talk to my family i don't talk to anybody <laughs> We're at supercross there's just too much going on All and right. then i come home and yeah i'll open the direct messages and i'm like whoa that's a lot um but then i'm like how cool is that that we get to talk to everybody and everybody gets to talk to us and uh yeah it's awesome i love talking to moto academy members message me and honestly like i have full-on conversations with everybody who yeah. messages me um, really funny conversation the other day and somebody messaged me he's like hey Cam I have a question for you I'm like hey what's up dude he's like oh, I forgot, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> but I, I you know it's just cool um, yeah the Moto Academy is yeah. super rad
0: you know super thank you rad. guys for being a part of it and the, the discussion feed even like seeing the progress and the discussion feed start to get utilized more and more and more in the exact type of way honestly that I kind of envisioned it happening where people are asking questions to the community. They're showing off their race results and pumped on the race results and everybody's supportive of them. Uh, They're posting from their experiences at the Supercross races. They, I mean, it's really cool. The only thing lacking in the discussion feed right now is we need to get so members can post their videos as well. That would be a good next step, I think, right? Yep. Uh, We need a search bar in the app so you guys can search for the hundreds of hours of content that's inside of there so you don't get lost. I get questions all the time. Hey, uh, I need to know how to do this, but I can't seem to find the video. And if if you can't send me a message, I'll tell you guys where to find it. Chances are, if you're trying to figure out how to do something on the bike, there's a video inside of the app on how to do it. Now, finding it is going to be the hard part. So I'll point you guys in the right direction. There is a search bar keyword Feature that's being developed right now—it's just everything takes a long time in I was the gonna app say, world to.
1: All these things developed. are in the works. Like they're all happening, you know. Um, so we're—it's always progressing. It's always progressing. Uh, it's quite cool what we got going on. Even I just had a meeting this morning and I was explaining the app and what we're doing, and I was like, "Wow, it's wild, wild." Is what it easier
0: thing? for you to explain it now that we've? created the concept of a motocross community instead well, of you having to like figure out what the heck to call it
1: you know when i here's the thing when i am explaining it i'm always explaining it to people who don't know anything about dirt bikes right so and i explain it from my point of view of how i view the app right and like how i view the app actually is probably different than how you view it um because i look at it from a filmmaking standpoint of, of what we've accomplished um The docu series is series is is the the masterclass the you know all that stuff so, um, yeah I forget how I explained it today but, um, yeah it's wild it's wild man it's I forget
0: how I explained it today but it's way different every time I explain it to somebody
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically
0: (laughs) basically I it's always changing it's always changing
1: but it's cool it's a cool app yeah I can't believe that people aren't that some people still aren't in there it's unbelievable
0: yeah. Anyhow. Get in there. Use the code MOTO FREE. Not supposed to give that out publicly, but if you guys are listening to this podcast, this is the world's number one motocross podcast, just to let you know, first of all. And second of all, if you're listening to it, even if you've just listened this far, a couple minutes in, uh, we thank you. And with that, Moto Free, use the code MOTO FREE at club.themotoacademy.com. And that gets you your first month for free. If you don't like it after your first month, you can unsubscribe. I don't know how you can unsubscribe, but I'm sure there's a very easy way to do it, or maybe there's a really complicated way to do it. I'm not totally sure. But Moto Free at club.themotoacademy.com. First month for free. Try it. You will love it. Send me a message once once you download it. There's an app for the uh, iPhones. There's an app for Android. Yeah. Okay. Enough talking about long plugs. That was a long plug.
1: Yeah. That was not planned like how
0: not plan just so very organic knows. by the way that was not
1: forced no we didn't even sorry planned on doing that so we just now you have it now you have that but well um, yeah. what do we
0: talk about today yeah I don't know I don't we know.
1: just this is the first time we've done a podcast like back to back um we recorded day before yesterday no yesterday I don't even know I don't I don't know what day it is um all I know Me is neither. I'm leaving to go to Atlanta tomorrow so that's exciting um, ready to get back into the swing of things. Also, it's probably a little bit premature, but um, I am so excited for New Jersey. Is that next weekend? That it would be the next one after Atlanta. Yes. Cool. Um, it's going to be awesome. I, we have we have really fun rounds, dude. Atlanta, New Jersey, Nashville, Denver, Salt Lake. Like those are the ones I've been looking forward to the most, probably throughout the whole year. So
0: hmm. it's
1: going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Might have a mutter this weekend. That'd be cool. Not for you or Dan, but it'd be cool for me. Uh, uh. (laughs) Hey, also, we're recording on a Wednesday, which guess what that means? What? You're not riding your dirt bike, dude. We just talked about this.
0: It rained. It's raining. (laughs) (laughs) I did actually get intel from Moto Bros that it was in perfect condition today. So the raining excuse is out the window. (sighs) But I'm going to use that excuse anyway. It, so, it, it's raining.
1: So confirmed, Atlanta will be the first time on the bike since Detroit. Yeah. Holy cow.
0: Yeah, but um, I, I sent Dan, I sent Mechanic Dan a text. He texted me yesterday and said, go ride, bunch of exclamation marks.
1: Yeah, and you're just not going to. That's and
0: uh, I said, not going to happen, but I promise I'll still make the main straight from the heat. I said, you have my word. Okay. So I promised. All right. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. We're just going off memory, and it's it's fresh up here. It's fresh up in the dome. <laughs> yeah. hey, we've
1: done it twice in a row. We've done it twice in a row. Um,
0: do you like Atlanta? Do you like the outdoor yeah. like stadium tracks? I do, and I like Atlanta more than I like Daytona as far as Speedway track. Why? So uh, the dirt's better. Right. It's it's more real. The, the dirt in Daytona is like dark, crappy, it's like uh, Tampa dirt, which is really unusual. It's dark sand that kind of breaks apart super easy, but it has a really hard slippery base. None of, none of it's good. When it's loamed up and fresh, it's slippery. When you get down to the base, it's slippery. It's, it's just not ideal. Atlanta is more of like the red clay. So when they keep it prime with good moisture in it, when it gets wet, it's very slippery. Yep. Uh, but when they keep it fresh, which normally, you know, Supercross does a good job of. It's just, it's better. Hmm. So it rides more like a Supercross track, just very elongated, which I'm cool with. Hopefully, there's some whoops. I have not seen the track map. I have no idea what Me to either. expect.
1: Not a stinking clue. All I know is no, there will no not be a press day, I just realized. Okay, that's good. Because of the rain. Uh, I'm gonna be there a day early earlier than everybody else, I think. Well, Mechanic Dan and Driver Jamie get there at like 8 a.m. on Friday, so I'm just going to go to the track and start the video, which is awesomely helpful to me uh, to start a day early. Um, but I just realized there won't be press day, most likely.
0: That's helpful for me. Nobody gets yeah. a slight advantage, even though, well, at the, in the Speedway track, sometimes they get actually to ride a little bit more of the track, so that should that should help my situation out the the goal with me is going to be at least my game plan seeing as how i haven't ridden in that long what it'll be three three weeks three four weeks, weeks? Three, weeks. Three, three weeks three weeks uh two weekends three weeks three weeks that's long that's not long enough to the point where I, like i said it's fresh up here so i'm going to go out in free practice and ride the first lap as racy and kind of like Doing stuff jumping the triples and everything like I have been the first lap at the last few rounds I really think that's been a key to just setting the tone Getting up to the top of the board in the or in the free practice Which doesn't mean anything other than just a little bit of mental momentum I'm gonna do that whether I'm super uncomfortable or not. I'm just gonna go out and and do that I've already decided so yeah now I'll be fine
1: Mud would be the variable right and they're supposed to get an inch of rain a Thursday night into Friday. Hmm. But it should stop raining halfway through Friday so it'll have Friday afternoon to maybe dry out but I don't know. I mean it's Atlanta. It's warm, right? So maybe it'll dry. I, I don't know.
0: And honestly what I found with a wet supercross track is that I have experience in doing that last year at Atlanta on the 125. I qualified top 20 on the 125 which that track was a huge disadvantage being on that bike but when it gets wet, people really don't know how to ride a supercross track technically when it's wet. Now, we had the race situation in Tampa where it was just wet enough and everybody had already learned the track and that was a moment where I'm like, okay, not a fan. But in time qualifying where you're trying to learn the track and if it's wet, if it's muddy, if it's really rutted, that's going to benefit me more, I would think. Right. At least I'd like that. I mean, we'll just say that.
1: I'm cool <laughs> with that. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> but
0: all that's to say, my yeah. My gear is sick. Yeah, dude, Kenny I haven't sent, seen it, but I hear it's cool. Kenny sent me my gear because he, oh, crap. Uh-oh.
1: Mm. Is he not going to be there?
0: The whole reason he sent me the gear is because he wanted me to break in the new boots that I have to wear this weekend. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> so. Walk around gosh, in Gosh, darn it. Just walk around in them. Okay, well, I'm going to have to because yeah. I got to break those bad boys in. One way or another, or else that one little factor. I remember at Houston Supercross having the new boots on is one thing that threw me for a loop. So, what? Uh, when are you gonna get there on Friday? No idea. Five p.m. I'm going to five p.m. So I'm gonna go to dinner in the boots.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Let's go to that ja, that Jamaican uh, chicken place. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh my god. Is yeah. It,
0: it was, I think I remember it being good, wasn't it? It was
1: great. Yeah, yeah. freaking Greco, Josh Greco, the mustache guy, brought us to this sketchy looking hole in the wall. I don't even know what it was called or what kind of food it was, honestly.
0: And it was so good. None of us got food poisoning, which was a miracle. Couldn't I mean this it. place this place was it was shady food. looking. It was food it was...
1: poisoning for sure, but we none of us got sick. It was
0: crazy. Yeah. Like uh, Yeah. Oh, you know what we should do today probably? What's that? Respond to a bunch of questions?
1: Yes. That was my plan.
0: Okay, that's what I
1: was thinking. I was thinking we got some great que- We got some really great questions, um, and we
0: can jump in whenever you'd like. Let's just jump in now because yeah, I'm sure it's going to it. lead to random conversation anyhow. Yep,
1: so. I like it. So, thank you guys as always for sending in your questions. I'll keep my spiel short. Uh, if you want to send in questions, leave a five star review on the podcast or um, be in the app and send me a video. Don't send me a message. Send me a video, please. Did you hear video? Let's do the video. All right. Here we go. Um, I've got two questions for you. First, will the Motor Academy Tour come to Europe in the third quarter? And the second one is more technical. I went to San Diego to watch the Supercross race back in January, and I sat right in front of the Supercross triple right after the 180 degree turn. And all of the high level 450 guys seat bounced and soaked up that triple. I always thought those two techniques were contrary to each other, since hmm. seat balancing is used to get more airtime, and soaking up a jump is used to get less airtime. So why do they do that?
0: Uh, excellent question. Very good. By the way, uh, when I first heard his voice, I thought of the, okay, so.
1: This is... is it, <laughs> Dude, can you say stuff
0: like that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the video? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> uh, can that call on the question? internet? What you oh just yeah, said? yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we, can, we can't get canceled here at the Moto Academy.
1: No, it doesn't exist. Canceling's fake news. It actually is not a real thing. It's a uh, it's so, a figment of our imag- imaginations.
0: Yeah, especially when we, we got we got the community behind us, guys. We can't yep. you can't allow me, in, especially Cam. Cam. Cam has been on the verge of cancellation many of the time, but that's okay. It's the community happen. will save you.
1: I've accepted the fact that Cam's going to get canceled and it's going to be Jackson's fault. <laughs> and it'll be for something I didn't do. So that's great. All right. Yeah. Continue.
0: Question one. Classes in Europe. Yes. Coach James, in fact, is scheduling them as we speak today. So we're going to do a tour of the UK. We're going to do three locations there. Is the UK in Europe? Not sure. Is the UK considered separate than Europe? Don't know. It's right there. Geographically, it's right there. I don't know if it's considered Europe or not, but that's going to make me sound stupid. We're going to the UK for three. Then we're going to go to either Belgium, Germany, and what was the other one? Italy. I wanted to hit MX Dorno. I think it's called in Italy. Amazing looking track. Track rental there is really expensive, but I think it'd be worth it because it seems like the, probably one of the best tracks, coolest looking tracks I've seen in Europe. So that that's the initial few that we're doing. We are we d- will have plans, obviously, to keep returning back. We will have plans in the future to have it, a physical location there as well. So uh, yes. Question two, great question. Seat bouncing. Okay. Well, when I, when I teach class, this is how I open up the jump lesson. I say there's two ways to do a jump. You have seat bouncing or preloading. That's one. You have soaking up and scrubbing. That's two. So you're right in that they are two different techniques. Now, if you are coming out of a corner and you're still on the seat, there is a way to do a seat bounce scrub. It's not as effective as a stand-up scrub because you have more weight down into the bike. It's a little bit more difficult. There's a couple things that you have to do that are involved in this. Eli Tomek is actually really good at it. We have a lesson inside of the Moto Academy app on how to do a seat bounce scrub and some of what it involves on occasion is actually taking your outside foot peg or foot off of the foot peg to allow the bike freedom to really lean and slide up the jump face the reason the guys would stay on the seat and still stru- still try to scrub is because that jump is really close to the corner so it's saving energy number one they're just trying to save as much energy as they can and number two trying to get traction so if you come out of that corner and you go to, if the jump is too close and you try to stand as you're really ramping up acceleration, you are taking weight out of the bike as you're accelerating harder and your chance for uh, really sliding out and spinning is, is way greater. So keep an eye on it. You'll see in a lot of situations, guys in Supercross will do seat bounce scrub. In outdoors, same thing too. If it's, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like millville spring creek so those guys go up that crazy steep hill right actually even before they go up that crazy steep hill sometimes they'll scrub that roller going up the hill sitting down but when they get up to the crazy steep hill and turn left and go to jump down they'll be sitting coming out of the turn and scrub to try to jump down the hill i think tomac did a big one by accident like he overdid it this last year uh So many examples. So many examples. Go back and watch footage and and see how it's done. And it's usually for those two reasons. One, saving energy. Two, trying to keep traction into the tires. You can still do a scrub pretty effectively while sitting. It's definitely a higher level thing to do. Is it a more effective scrub than if you were straight up just standing? No, probably not. But yeah, good question. And good... um, Good job, like, watching that and being able to pick that up. Good observation. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's good. That is good. I was actually, when I heard that question come in, uh, I was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Um,
0: don't worry. Thankfully, you got Albert here who knows how to answer every single question.
1: I think what is so, I think what is part, wow, forgot how to English there. Um <laughs> forgot how to English yeah forgot how to English there uh I think what's so cool about having the knowledge right about technique and all this stuff is picking up on things that like Tomac is the guy who does it the most where I'll see Tomac do something and I'm like whoa like uh uh, for instance just like when you when you know the technique you you watch races differently we talk about this all the time you start picking up on what the riders are doing. You start seeing their mistakes easier. You start seeing what they're doing right easier, and it's just so fun to watch Jet or Tomac or whoever. They're the ones who do the craziest technique things, is what it seems like. Where Tomac will just come into like the deepest rut that everyone's struggling in, and he'll just have his feet on and just like rail it, and it doesn't make any sense, right? Or like what you're talking about, where he'll like seat bounce, scrub something that like Jet is really good. I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like Jet is really good about scrubbing um doubles into rhythm sections when everyone else will seat bounce double and then whatever. And he'll just mm-hmm. like quick twitch like it's so fun to watch. Um, but it's cool to have the knowledge because you can start noticing those things when you're watching it, races.
0: And not super flashy either when Jet does that specifically. Usually sometimes... A lot of times the guys that are really effective with their scrubs, it doesn't look insane. It doesn't look like Barsha going upside down, although Barsha is pretty effective with them as well. A lot of these guys will do really, really quick movements. The quicker you do a scrub movement, the quicker the bike will come back to vertical. So it will be usually equally as effective, sometimes even more so, and just not look as flashy. Right. Uh, but yeah, Cam's right. When you, when you learn more, you watch the races differently, and there's levels to that. Cam watches the races probably slightly differently, I'm sure, than, than how I watch the races. Oh, yeah. And he, pr- and he probably, w- w- we probably both watch the races differently than you guys do. But I'd say it, it becomes more interesting when you learn more because you just appreciate every little detail that's going on. All right, yeah. next question. Hit me, hit me with it. Hey, Cam and AJ Vernon here, just doing some bike maintenance on my day off. I got like a corner at my local track that – I just cannot seem to hit with the right speed. It's a big sweeping off uh, camera turn. And I just feel like I can't lay the bike over far enough. Or I just don't want not have the grip. If I go in there really fast, I might just go off the track is what it feels like. Is there anything I need to do differently to try to keep that speed up through that off camera turn? Also, if y'all get serious about that airplane I've been talking about, hit me up. I'm an aircraft mechanic and pilot. I can definitely make sure you can find the right airplane for your uh, mission. Thanks. Cool. Uh- Thanks, Morgan Wallen. Much appreciated. Thanks for being inside of the app. Uh, okay, so first topic of discussion: airplane. I just scheduled my first. I, I'm in the air for the first time on Monday. Whoa! Yeah. So things are happening quick. Camera, cam. We're up what, in the air first time on Monday. Wait. What? What does that even mean? I I didn't think the process went this quickly. Apparently, anybody can just walk in there. I could have scheduled it for the, when I went to go check out the planes the other day if I had wanted to. You, you don't have to do any tests, any written stuff, anything before you start doing your lessons. It's like as if somebody back when I did private lessons could just sign up for a two hour private lesson, just show up and you're just going for it. That's what it is in planes. So I called, I, I went and checked everything out yesterday. We there were, they had three Cessna 172s, two older ones, one that was brand new, they just got it with the G1000, which is the upgraded uh, uh, GPS system, up, up, upgraded just screens and whatnot, which is what I'll want, obviously. And then they had two Cirrus SR7 SR22s, maybe they're called, those are like million plus. But that's kind of the one i want it's got like freaking lamborghini doors it's they kept calling it like the porsche of of the private plane like single engine and i'm like oh that one's kind of cool um <sighs> and and faster so i'm gonna start in the cessna 172 i'll probably put 40 hours in give or take on that one and then i'll go to the cirrus i think that's how you call it cyrus cirrus. i'm not sure sorry guys and spend ten to fifteen hours in that one, but I called today and I'm like, "Hey, can I get in next week?" And they said, "Yep, yeah, Monday, eight thirty a.m." So we're just we're sending it. So sending what are
1: you it. doing? You are you like co-piloting a plane and then you start flying the plane? Do you you don't don't know, know nothing?
0: Don't you? Do you know I anything? I don't. I don't know anything. What I've been do. <laughs> what I've done <laughs> since yesterday is I've now looked up a couple of YouTube videos and just watched people go through the pre-flight routine on that specific aircraft. So there's a couple things that I know already. I know the fuel is in the the wings of the Cessna and it's gravity fed down in. Um, that's about all I know, to be quite honest. there's a couple <laughs> there's there's a couple of buttons that I familiarize myself with, but I was just like, okay, if I just watch the YouTube videos at the pre-flight and maybe a couple takeoffs, like, at least I'll have a general sense of what's going on. And then I, I think the first session, it'll be two hours, probably a good hour of maybe just talking and pre-flight talk, and then we'll hop in and, and he'll probably fly it the whole time and I'll just be a fly on the wall and just watch and maybe fly it a little bit once we're in the air. I don't, I, I say for sure that we're probably not letting me do a takeoff or landing this first time. Up. I would hope not. Uh, oh the gosh. person, my flight instructor is 23 years old. What? Haven't met him yet, but I'm hoping he's cool. I was a little nervous when they said all three of the instructors that they have are 23 years old. And I was like, are they good? And the girl's like, yeah, they're great. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay. And I I said it out loud. I was like thinking out loud. I'm like, well, I'm 29 now. I've been professional since I was 16. I started training riders when I was 16. At 23, I was pretty darn good at instructing people. But I was like, but at 29... I'm a hundred times better than i was at 23. <laughs> but anyways hopefully hopefully they're they're good enough and hopefully i gel with the person but yeah i'm excited and what wow. was the question off camber corner it's hard to say and i'll have to send send me a message inside of the app by the way because i i will want when i get deeper into this process of and getting close to getting my license i want to buy a plane so, and i don't know which one i want to buy yet so I'd love to pick your brain and see within my budget, what plane would make the most sense. Um, off-camber corner without seeing a video, definitely difficult to describe maybe what you're struggling with specifically, but typically with off-camber corners, weighting the outside foot peg is the most important thing, especially if there's not much of a rut to hold you in. So really take the time. If it's a left-hand turn, take the time to get off of the rear brake early. Make sure that your foot is on the ball of of your foot, all the way wedged tight up against the frame and putting as much pressure down into that foot peg as you possibly can. So much so that realistically, you should only have about 20% of that weight still into your butt, 80% down into the foot. If it's a right-hand turn, get your shifting done early. Usually it's a little easier in right-hand turns because you won't be so tempted to drag the rear brake deep in right hand turn get your shifts down early so you can get that foot into position super early when you go to sit that foot will be up like this you'll be able to put that pressure down into the foot peg and also be pushing back away on the foot peg as well that's going to be the single most important piece of making yourself feel like you have traction in an off-camber corner if you have a video of this specific situation this specific corner send it. If you don't, next time you go to the track, have somebody take a video of you in this section. I'll be able to tell you in two seconds in seeing a video what you're doing wrong. Anything you want to add, cameraman Cam? Dude, we're, I'm firing on all syllables today. And I I actually, yes, I did have a coffee. I had a tall vanilla sweet cream cold brew.
1: Mm, back to the OG, huh?
0: Yeah. I switched back or well, we Damn. went to the
1: when you try when you oh my gosh i'm going to bring i'm going to bring you some be coffee
0: fully torqued.
1: i'm going to bring you some coffee this weekend in atlanta and you are um you're going to grow some hair in the chest i think um okay. it's legit but you expect us to get in a plane that you're flying that's i just want to be clear that's the idea
0: <laughs> oh yeah i'm i want to get one that the back seat has uh four seats like facing each other so it's yeah. got some room so we could put Doug in there and he could hang out so we could get some camera guys in there. Dude, we just need to start making like millions of dollars a year and then we can fly
1: to each round of Supercross in like right. private. Just freaking totally. freaking Albert flies himself to Atlanta, races Supercross, flies himself home.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's 100% realistic because if I get the in a Cessna, maybe not not so much. I think cruise speed on that is like 140 knots or something, which I don't know if that's fast enough. But if I got like a million dollar plane, then we could go to every east coast round in that. Can you No, no problem. just guys, picture this. Picture this. Oh yeah. Just privateer, still going on the sprinter van, but just <laughs> the whoo- whole here, here comes AJ just <laughs> flying should, on it.
1: We should put the Moto Academy graphic on the bottom of the plane. And you just oh everyone would be at the race and be like, "Oh, there's the those there's that privateer team." Going to get fifteenth place in the main event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. here for it. I mean, that's what's gonna happen. I'll have the Team Moto Academy, the the, the long version of the, the logo underneath the plane or underneath the wings, maybe, so you could see it.
1: Oh, like you know how, oh, yeah. how Southwest has the heart. It'll just be Moto Academy. <laughs> Fly through the yeah. air.
0: Wow. That's oh, what's gonna happen. Wow. That is hilarious. That's awesome.
1: Dude, we can do That's trip epic. giveaways where, like, Moto Academy members can, like, fly with us in our private plane to Supercross.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so glad I'm, that I'm doing this. This wasn't even on my radar until six months ago. And then I was like, I had the idea. And now, nowadays, especially, I'm like, oh, well, if I have the idea, I'm just going to actually just do it. And now that I'm doing it, I, it's kind of crazy. That's hilarious. Well, I hope I, it goes great.
1: Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, uh, I think that's... Does it cost a lot of money to fly a plane, though, like fuel? Yeah,
0: and, probably a decent amount, but like I would, spend so much on uh, commercial flights anyways that it's... And obviously, as a business owner, I could write off the expense, 100% whoa, yeah. of the expense of the plane. The plane, from the
1: fuel, the, everything will be written off.
0: So... Um, that's a win. And I think to operate one of those smaller ones, no, it's not super significant well, to... Well, yeah. Andy's... To, sorry. Go ahead. Andy's
1: grandfather had a plane. I mean, tiny little plane. But they would take off from the field mm. <laughs> and float, buzz around and land and land at the airport and do whatever they wanted. So um, a super lot of... Cool. You wouldn't believe... A lot of people own planes. It's kind of surprising, actually. Um, like, I have friends in my hometown who have planes at the airport that just sit there and really? they fly them when they want to. And and so it's probably not, and not people who have like buttloads of money either. They just right, have right. planes. It's like, it's like, yeah, so anywho. Um,
0: yeah, because especially before COVID, you would imagine you could probably go and buy an old 1960, 1970 Cessna for 60 grand, 70 grand, yeah. maybe less. I, they're not that much money now after COVID. I'm sure they are more. Yeah, but you can and just why go not?
1: fly around. Like, it's like right. some people go on motorcycle rides. Some people go on plane rides. You know, it's, yeah. it's whatever you're passionate about. It's it's not as crazy ex- expensive as... It's like owning... In in some respects, it's like owning a nice boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, boats are very expensive for the most part. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about boats, boats, not like little kayak things, but... Or fishing boats or whatever. But they're... uh. Yeah, it's both expensive, but if that's what you're into, that's what you spend your money on. So
0: yeah, Honestly, cool. it's probably equal-ish.
1: Yeah, like, depending on the boat. Yeah. And depending like, uh, on the plane, yeah. I, I you, get a,
0: you get a 50-foot boat, which is a big boat. You're going to spend a million boat. to 000, a million and a half dollars probably. Wow. Do you, to, to keep it on a slip, you're paying, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month. Who knows? I'm literally just taking guesses here. You are here, definitely making that up, yeah.
1: We had a, I think we had a 35 or 40-foot boat growing up um a speed runner i don't know i don't know we never I, I we didn't really ever use it that's why we sold it uh i get motion sick so boats weren't my favorite pastime. Yeah, same so sw- hopefully i don't get motion swim. sick in
0: this little plane by the way
1: cameraman cam can't swim um so boats were not my thing but uh but we did it and i remember fuel was unbelievably expensive uh obviously with boating it's like they have pumps on the water, so they just jack the price anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah.
0: So I, I think they said six dollar right now, six dollars a gallon, um, for airplane fuel. Yeah. So it didn't sound oh. none of it sounded that bad. Oh, and that's to not get, bad at all. To get my private pilot's license, it's probably going to be all in fifteen to twenty thousand. Six
1: dollars uh, a gallon, dude. Race gas is more expensive than that.
0: Oh yeah, I mean for five, my five gallon of race fuel, it's 200 bucks. Yeah, what? Yeah.
1: That doesn't make any sense. But
0: all right. Uh, send, send me a message inside of the app. I want to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, thank you for the question. Next yeah, one. super cool. Hit I'm me with real. it. Hey AJ, hey Cam. Uh, King Friday, Chris from
1: Oregon. Uh, question, I just watched your Suzuki RMZ 450 video. Talked a lot about suspension. Um, and getting suspension done the right way. So, I'm a D rider,
0: I'm old, and I weigh 180 pounds. Is it worth it for me to have somebody do my suspension? I suspect no, that it doesn't really matter when you're riding at the low level that
1: I'm riding at, but I wanna know what you think. Thanks.
0: Great question, King Friday. That Suzuki video actually got quite a bit of views as well so Mm -hmm. okay this is my answer i could probably be persuaded otherwise at you at his weight what did he just say 180 180, pounds yeah that's perfect weight for most bikes so yes i would say you're in a good situation king friday where you could probably get away with not getting your suspension done on most bikes but each of the manufacturers' stock setups come feeling quite a bit different. I mean, the stock Yamaha, amazing. Don't at 180 pounds, don't get that suspension done because it's pretty much perfect, anyways. Uh stock Honda, probably gonna want to get that suspension done. It's actually at 180 pounds, it might feel a little bit too stiff. And I'm talking brand new 22 uh bikes here. Too stiff? Yeah, the Honda's. Come stock really rigid uh-huh. and stiff. I like. I would want my suspension done on that to feel a, a bit more, a lot more plush. Interesting.
1: I really liked it when we rode at um, the Honda reveal. I really liked it. I'm 150 pounds, but uh, you may have. Oh, they you, might I have. I forgot
0: you rode it then. Yeah,
1: they may have softened it up for you. I don't really know, but I I thought it was quite good. I think uh, I want to say most stock bikes come set up for like 170 pounds. So right.
0: Uh, KTM Husky gas gas, pretty nice and plush. You probably don't have to get at, at his level.
1: Well, KTM, I mean, if, I, and I mean, they're air forks, right? So you can just can't you just change it? Isn't that their whole gimmick?
0: Maybe, but you'd have to change spring rate in the rear, and there's uh, things yeah. you'd have to change potentially. But I think for, for King Friday, you're probably fine. It's definitely case by case basis. Let me know on each individual bike and what specific bike you're referring to, but generally speaking. I'd say you'd be okay. If you want to get it done, send your stuff into factory connection. We'll cool. use code AJCAT30 or AJCAT330. Just let them know that I sent you. And it's not that expensive. And what's nice about factory connection is they do a really good job of just doing the regular person's stuff pretty nice and plush, which is what you want. You have a question?
1: Yes, Uh question. Cameraman okay. Cam. cam um, cameraman Cam, yes. The independent. Uh, sorry I've been watching Ted lasso so the uh if I were to get a brand new bike I'm not convinced I would get the suspension done um my stock Cowie suspension was really good however here's what I'll say I rode Aiden Klingon's bike yZ two fifty f um he had Enzo do his suspension it mm-hmm. has a kit internals probably cost a fortune uh best best bike suspension I' I've, I've it was it was incredible I want it I want that suspension on that bike it was yeah. like it was set up so perfect a little stiff for me because he's bigger than I am um just taller weighs more the whole deal it was a little stiff but I felt glued to the ground it feels like mush oh it's it was in the best way here's possible what it, this, this is the best way i could explain it and Aiden I want to ride your bike again. You could hit a bump as fast as you possibly could and it would be fine. That's mm-hmm. that's all I can say. It's like my bike you'd get kicked there's a ladybug flying around this <coughs> room. I have a ladybug problem. I don't know if I've, I've told you that. At well, least it's thought, not a
0: bat problem. It's not
1: a bat problem. Last apartment was bats. This one has okay. a bunch of ladybugs. Anyway, um dude, you it was just confidence was through the roof. You could hit bumps as fast as you could come you I was charging on that bike. I don't think I've ever ridden that fast in my life because the suspension was so good. But I'm a mid pack C class guy. He probably spent thousands of dollars on that suspension.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I. I yeah. Because do you notice that big of a difference between that and if you hopped on Kip's bike, which is just the stock suspension? His is YZ great. At the F? It's great. It's good enough, right? It's great. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: right. I mean, dude, admit. I eh, me I mean I I made a couple decisions on my current bike that I probably wouldn't do again um which was honestly stock suspension's probably okay it's easier yeah. for local shops to service is what I found is when it's just bone stock and they don't nothing's changed um easier for them to service which is great for a normal guy like me i put a $1000 exhaust on it which i love it sounds awesome won't spend another $1,000 on an exhaust if I were to bet. Because it not. does nothing for me. Here's what I am going to do. Bike upgrade that I'm going to do to my next bike. The, um, I, I, I'm selling my bike at the end of the year. I don't know if I told you this. I already have a buyer for it. Uh, okay. And I'm assuming the Yamaha is going to go slim. I'm assuming I'll probably buy a Yamaha. We'll okay. see. Um, I'm, the, right when I get the bike, I'm going to do one thing. I'm gonna buy a new rear wheel and sprocket and put a sand tire on it, so I can just switch the wheels depending on where I'm going. Cause I am an even split fifty-fifty on sand tracks and clay tracks right now, and I want a paddle like a proper sand yeah. tire. That's a good idea. Cause that'll cost five hundred bucks probably, all in maybe, maybe more, maybe less. Don't know. But then it's just you just swap the wheels rather than swapping tires, and it would be that'll and be that, the only upgrade. That
0: new Dunlap tire, the fourteen, is it? Is that what it's called? It's really know. good.
1: Is it? Yeah. Catch me oh. rocking Tusk
0: because I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> what, the Tusk tire or Tusk wheel? I run Tusk tires. Oh, I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah, dude, they're,
1: the rear wheel is $60. Huh? Brand new. 60 bucks, dude. Oh, man. Front wheel is 30 Like Yikes. And, and they're just tires. You you change them twice a year no matter what brand you got. Yeah, I'm a big Tusk guy as far as tires go. But Oh, you're talking tires. I thought you were tires, talking wheels. Not wheel. Oh, my gosh. A $60 wheel? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I was or like, hang on a second. They made a plastic. Uh, no, I, I'd get a proper wheel. Like, I'd get a real wheel. But the tires, friggin', I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to change <laughs> hmm. them in three months anyway. Um, sure. Anywho, sure. okay. Until we get a tire sponsor, then maybe my opinion will change
0: Shout out Dunlop. They've been giving me a lot of tires, which is nice. (laughs) Good
1: save. (laughs) All right. Um, Next question.
0: Daniel. Yeah, no, no, no. We know it's been a couple of weeks since you accidentally said
1: Moto X Academy instead of Moto Academy. It's all good, man. Don't worry. No worries about it. Hey, I got an idea. What size T-shirt do you wear? We'll see if we can get you one. Right. All right. I got to run. All right. See ya. Oh, nice guy. Premix Papa, this is Premix Hotline
0: hey aj man
1: thanks for calling quick question the um headset technology that the Deegans are using right now and probably a few other riders your thoughts on it and do you plan on using that at the moto academy base camp thanks
0: if you guys want to step your questions up just just take a page out of premix papa's book because he's got them dialed in. He's got them dialed in. Uh, I don't know what he's referencing. Probably one of those Cardo systems where you can put it on your helmet where you could communicate to other bikes or people. Yep. Yes,
1: camera. camera. Yeah, well, uh, question? Cameraman Cam, the independent. Yep. So, what they've been saying, uh, apparently, because I talked to Premix Papa about this in person because I didn't know what he was talking about. Um, but apparently, the Deegans mentioned they are using in helmet communication to train.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, now if you're in a one-on-one situation, great. Absolutely, that's probably the best thing you could do, provided you have the right person that is the communicator, because that could go wrong easily. If you have somebody that is saying a bunch of stuff that you don't need to be hearing, that's probably going to mess you up. If you have me in your ear, I, I'm a writer that would know what you'd want to be hearing when you wouldn't want to hear things i'd be able to give information and useful little tidbits to be able to help that would be awesome for me to be able to utilize one on one could i use that in a larger class setting and have it on more than one person at once i don't know but yeah i think think about it if you're in a one-on-one setting let's say if brian's out there with hayden he hayden could hit a turn and then or Hayden could be entering a corner corner, and Brian could give him one thing to think about for that specific turn. He could say, okay, which is, Brian and I have talked a little bit about Hayden's upper body. He could say, okay, upper body, like inside elbow, stabilize upper body, right in the entry. So that way it's fresh in his mind. So when Hayden goes into the turn, he's thinking about just his upper body. He goes to another, another, that's just an example. You could give people quick feedback after doing something. You could give them something uh to to kind of anchor their focus going into a section and you could do that in real time and it would also be easy for like when they pulled off you could give them all of their information before they even got their bike turned off and got up to you where when you do a one-on-one lesson normally you have to wait until they pull all the way over to you they got to shut their bike off and then you have to just try to relay from what you can remember that they did sometimes they'll forget what they even did so yeah for a one-on-one lesson that's huge i mean i think that would be awesome to to be able to utilize i'd love to be able to think of a way to do it in a larger class setting to to use at moto academy facilities but yeah now that's something have to think about i
1: feel like at a high level would that not mess you up like think about this Uh, the way jet and hunter do it the way i imagine everybody else does it is pit board during practice like just exactly what it looks like during the race wouldn't would it not screw you up to practice within helmet communication and then go to the race and lose it
0: no not when you're forming habits so the whole purpose of the the communication would be to be to form the correct habits when you're in a race the goal is that you've that's why you practice is that you have formed the correct habits by the time you get to race day so the the in real-time communication wouldn't be as necessary on race day for technique purposes. It could, on race day, be utilized for safety. Hey, rider down, right side of the track, stay to the left. Uh, something like that, right? On practice days, it'd be utilized more for um, breaking habits. Right, right, a, but I'm just habit.
1: wondering, like, would you be forming a habit, and then like all of a sudden not having that voice in your ear I just wonder if at a high level that would uh, be challenging. I I absolutely think it would be awesome for us at our level. I want in-helmet communication with my buddies when we go ride so we can like yell at each other when we're riding. (laughs) I think it'd be fun. But I'm just, what I'm saying is like, uh, I just wonder if it would mess with anybody to practice with it and get so used to it and then just feel like you're alone out there. You know what I mean when the
0: race comes? Yeah, at a higher level, i could see that argument where what happens is when you get to a higher level you have to be really careful with the information you're giving somebody and you would give somebody less information so it's almost like less is more because you don't want to overcomplicate. at the beginning there's so much stuff to go over there's so many things people are doing wrong there's so much feedback you could give it's fine at the high level it's like little tidbits of information so yeah you'd have to be very very careful with how you utilize that to make sense and Maybe it, for some people wouldn't even be like, for example, if I was the rider out there and somebody was in the communication to me, what the heck are, what, I mean, I guess they could say things to try and get me motivated if I was in a practice scenario where I had to keep going and dig deep. But from a technical standpoint, uh, what are they going to really say to me? You know, I'm already very, very conscious of the things I'm thinking about when I'm out there riding. So yeah i don't know
1: in helmet communication has always been not a hot topic but a topic that people toyed with in our sport obviously because most sports have it and we don't and it is fun to ponder you know what that could possibly change i Um, think it would
0: be helpful on race day for (laughs) helpful on race day just for uh safety purposes for sure um There's a lot of times the flaggers don't get out there in time. There's a lot of times I've even witnessed this year in Supercross where the lights don't go on when they should, like the red lights, or they the red lights are on when they shouldn't be. Uh, There's a yellow flag out when there should be a red cross flag out. I see that quite often. If you had a proper spotter up there with a communication system, then that would solve all of those problems, right? You would think. So yeah, I don't know. Good question, Premix Papa. Let's get it. Come some. on, people. Step it up. Ask questions as good as Premix Papa. Send them in. Have you been getting a lot? Do you have a lot, kind of on? Uh... What you see is what I have. Okay, so we're, we're, we need questions, people. Like, it looks like we only got about maybe eight left, seven left.
1: Yeah, yeah. Send in your questions.
0: Send, send in your
1: questions in. to Camera mm-hmm. Cam
0: in a video in the app. inside of the app. Yep. All right, hit me with another one. Yep. All right. Here we go.
1: AJ, cameraman Cam, how's it going? Um, I talked to AJ the other day about what size bike I should get. He said a 250. So, is it worth to spend the money to get a brand new one, or get, you know, a 2012 or something in good shape? I'm two months away from graduating college, and would like to get back into racing. I plan on doing all my mechanic work. So. What you guys are doing. Love the podcast. I'm to all
0: the podcasts from one till now, all the way through. So shout out driver Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, at the end? Shout out driver Jamie. <laughs> did he give shout? Shard- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's
1: awesome. He's like, yeah. So shout out driver Jamie. Yeah, definitely sounded a little underwater, but that's okay. Well, he
0: definitely has dropped his phone in water at one point. He's had to have, or got like- so much dirt shoved into that speaker of his phone. I I could barely make out what he was saying. But It sounded I think like it got he
1: through. had a GoPro case on his phone. Yeah, it did.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did kind of. That's
1: okay. Uh, but yeah, That's all right. new bike or used bike. I have okay. a strong opinion on this matter.
0: Okay, here's my opinion. Cool. I, yeah, here's my opinion. If you're going to get a four-stroke, it's got to be new-ish. It probably, if it's a four-stroke, do yourself a favor and get a 2020 or newer maybe if it's a two-stroke realistically you can go as old as you want and probably be pretty safe with it right but I see I see this often I see people show up to classes on old four strokes 2010s 2006's 2007s that aren't even fuel injected yet and they're just sitting there kicking away the things never start they're tanks they just they' there's nothing good about them like if you're getting a four-stroke Get a newer one. 2020 and up, let's just say. Two-stroke, go for it, any year. That's, that's my feedback. Cameraman Cam? Um,
1: money's tough. He brought up a 2012, which means he's probably looking at a 2012. Dude, that is 11 years old.
0: Get a two-stroke do if you're not a 2012.
1: Or just don't get a 2012. Uh, I do not buy bikes that are not new. If I can't afford it, it's not time yet. You know, like I used to buy used bikes. I remember the last used bike that we bought uh, tried to change the oil and the oil drain bolt was uh, welded to the case.
0: No way. Like, Never heard like, of that.
1: <laughs> if you are not an experienced mechanic, don't buy a used bike. Just like, I, 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 I don't know how else to say it. If you can't buy a new one, don't buy one yet. I, I like I remember pit bikes especially, like and I take really good care of my bikes. Like I change my oil every two rides, every two and a half hours on the bike. My I just had the engine rebuilt, new clutch, new everything. The mechanic gr- like grade A mechanic over at roadside near me and uh he was like, This bike looks brand new. And it's because I I ride it like a sissy and I take really good care of it. You know what I mean? Um But you just you just don't know. Like when we bought Kips 125, even being a two stroke, um, we wrote it. We test wrote it. We checked everything and it was mint. this thing was beautiful. We take it home. He was burning through spark plugs. We bring it to the we bring it to our local shop and they're like, hey, you need an all new top end. The piston ripped apart the cylinder uh, and he's like, whoever rebuilt it last built it, rebuilt it wrong. And it's like, how do you know? And it was like an $1,100 fix. And it's like, was it
0: that much? I I was going to say, at least in a two stroke, that's usually not that expensive. Well, he needed a
1: whole new, not a new head, like a whole new upper cylinder of the, I mean, it was a, it was a major fix. And you just don't know. I mean, but even when you're buying new, do your due diligence. Uh, Jackson bought a brand new bike from the showroom floor, blew it up the first ride. There was no oil in it. That's, Sucks. R. Jackson? Yeah, R. Jackson. That's his what a story.
0: Dumb, dumb. When did he do that? Before he knew us? Yeah, years and years and years ago, he said. Yeah, like, do not trust. the... It sounds like you have a good mechanic at your local dealer. Yeah, I he's always very say good. don't trust a dealership mechanic. No, and you check. have to be really, really yeah. careful with vetting whoever your dealership mechanic is. Yeah,
1: you got to check oil, freaking any liquid that's in the bike. You got to make, make sure your sure it's air there.
0: filter's oiled. A oh, lot of people yeah. get. dirt bikes from the dealership and ride it without the air filter oiled because they don't oil it for you like check check that stuff do you remember yeah Uh. i would say a safe place to buy a used bike though if there's any safe place to do it would be inside of moto academy because i I hope that our members wouldn't screw over other members inside of the app so maybe put up a post in the discussion tab and just say hey this is my budget does anybody have a bike for sale in this range Uh, you can ship bikes pretty easily nowadays that might be a good option if you had caught, I just sold the bike to Mike and Andrew inside of the app for 4500 bucks for oh, a 22. Oh, they bought the
1: Supercross bike? Yeah. That's sick.
0: <laughs> for $4,500. Yeah, it's so cheap. I it. And wanted it's been it. maintained by Jet and Hunter's practice, practice mechanics. So I have bought it. Right. Oh so there God. are deals like that, especially inside of here, it'd be, I think, a safe bet. But that's a newer four-stroke, so that's a 2022. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that answers your question a little bit for you.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of of new bikes if you can swing it. But yeah, if you can't, dude, like you gotta buy. Like, I, did I tell you I almost bought a Husky 450 the other day? <laughs> no, really? Yeah, uh, Moto Academy member. Um, okay. See. Uh, Ralph Eckhart. Okay. Shout he, out Ralph. He He came to me as a, a 2022 Husky 450 with 14 hours on it and he wanted a really good price for it. And I was like, and he came to me first, cause I, he knows I love that bike. Like that is wow. my dream 450 as a Husky. 450. Yeah, it's a great 450. Uh, but I don't have $8,500 burning a hole in my pocket, unfortunately, or else mm. I would've bought it. Cause that'd be awesome. But I don't need a 450. Anywho,
0: yeah, um, that would be, okay. There you go. Hopefully hopefully that helps. Next right, question, One more with it.
1: We're doing one, one more. more. Okay,
0: here we go. Shout out driver, Jamie, while we're waiting for the question. Hey Jay, I was wondering if you could tell us how, uh, how you made the correct decisions to get to where you are in the Moto Academy today. I was wondering uh, what big decisions you had to make and how you made those good decisions to be able to create this awesome app and product that we can all learn from and be able to improve our motocross riding and our dirt bike skills. Um, also when are you doing uh, another class in Utah? and where thank you fantastic question good question those are the types of questions by the way that you'd want to be asking in life to be successful but i'll answer the second one first utah class um i don't think we have one on the schedule do we i don't think we do we're working on it i love utah it's just hard to find i know there's a track jordan river is it called or it's near jordan river but it's been hard to try and book there. So if you know of any places that might be a good option, send it to us and we'll we'll do our best to get that on the schedule for maybe deeper in the year, quarter end of quarter three, maybe quarter four. Decisions to get to where we are today. Um, okay, we can go pretty, we'll have to rewind quite a bit. The biggest decision I guess I made that set me on this trajectory period was I realized really young age... 18 maybe having Rob Kling Kong, who helped me develop the curriculum of Moto Academy he along with a lot of others family members and there's a lot of of this coming in, in a negative way of kind of like when are you going to get a real job when you retire what are you going to do like how are you going to make like, all the negative kind of chatter that a lot of people hear from family and friends uh, it, it got the gears turning to not go with the normal route, but it got my gears turning on, okay, well, how can I get creative maybe to do something that I really love that's not totally traditional, but can be a bit more safe and have more longevity than the actual racing itself. And that's when I started teaching. So I started teaching riders when I was like 14 or 15 years old, doing one-on-one lessons in Connecticut. Really. So that's really young and 14 to 18. By the time I was 18 years old, I had a ton of experience in coaching. So then at that point it was like, okay, how can I do this on a slightly larger scale, get some classes together and see if this can't turn into something. Uh, And that was the initial decision, I guess. So a simple, simple way of doing this though, to be quite honest. I was lucky to have already found my passion, found what I was good at, at a really young age. I knew I was gonna be a pro dirt bike rider by the time I was three years old, four years old. I have a kindergarten project where I wrote in completely botched uh, English, I wanna be a pro dirt bike rider. And the the teacher had to correct it down at the bottom. That goal was too low in hindsight, but at least I had a goal of being a pro dirt bike rider and something that I was passionate about still am today. That's that's key number one. Find out what you're really good at. Find what you're you're good at and you really like doing. It can't be something you're really good at but you don't like doing it. You have to love doing it and you have to be also really good at it. <laughs> Follow that. Then you have to figure out how you can serve others or help others with that. Um, and that would that's like the ultimate then then you've got it then at that point things will i think start to fall into place with whatever that is and think about it if, if for a second you think whatever it is that you're doing or thinking isn't realistic think about what i've cre- what we've created with moto academy as unrealistic as it gets i i've we're going to make a huge business out of something that literally it was a lane that didn't even exist we are creating our own lane entirely so Uh, you can conceptualize whatever the heck you want, you know, whatever you're good at and whatever you like, figure out how you can help others and serve others with that and create a business around that concept. And that would be my advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. That might sound, does that sound, uh, does that advice sound confusing? Dude, I mean,
1: here's the difficult part about what you're saying is I was a big podcast guy. I was a big, like, um, almost motivational speech guy. And everybody says the same thing. It's like, set your mind to it and go do it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but here's the deal.
0: Well, there's very practical steps Guys, to do actually, that. Guys, actually,
1: like, but that is the ticket. I look at a few yeah. people in my life where, uh, you know, just... I know people in my life where I'm like, the only thing that's holding you back is you don't believe it. It's the only thing like everything else, everything is in place except you don't believe you can do it. And those people may never get there. Right. And it's, and it's, it's so simple, right? There are practical steps. And, and I think we talked about this on the podcast once. My perspective is like set a goal and then write 10 steps on how you're going to do it. How you are going to get there? Cause the goal is never writing down a goal is useless. If you don't write down the steps on how you're going to achieve it. Right. Uh, I have goals in my life. Like the Moto Academy is a great example because it's very rarely are there people doing something that's never been done before. How we, we created the very first online motocross training course never been done before. It's those those moments are few and far between on when you can actually jump on something like that. I think about that in my life and I look at my involvement in all this. I'm nobody. I am literally nobody. I am a li- I I'm a kid who is terrible at riding dirt bikes, somewhat average at making videos. I live in Burlington, Vermont where nobody lives. <laughs> There, I mean, the the population of my state is 600,000 people. I mean, th- I, there's more cows than people. The most unlikely of circumstances is what I'm trying to
0: say. I'm also a nobody. There's different levels of being a nobody as well. Think about it. I'm a nobody from Portland, Connecticut. I grew up in a class of 60 people in my in my high school. I was... I am a privateer supercross racer that was barely able to make main events at times and yet i'm we're going to be creating one of the most successful businesses that the sport has ever seen any everybody has a level playing field in my mind unless you have a physical or mental handicap i i think that it it is can be easier if you grow up Maybe if you have some money to assist at the beginning, sure, that could be helpful. Uh, but if you don't, which I didn't, it's it's all doable. You're going to hate yeah. me for saying this. Go get <laughs> order Think and Grow Rich on Amazon. What that does is that gives you there's 13 steps. It gives you the 13 practical steps on how to uh, be successful, it, plain and simple. Some of it is more mindset related, but it's very important. mindset step, Mindset steps that you have to take. Uh, but it's all very practical. I think the problem is when so many people that are at lower levels in, in their life hear the motivational speeches of all of these people and they're just like, uh, uh, of course, it's so easy to say that when, you're, when you're, you've made it. Or like, all right, yeah, sure, I've heard that a million times, but what does that mean? The, the great thing about this Think and Grow Rich book is that it was the first time I read something that I was like, because I'm very like, I'm a logical thinker. The way I teach is really logical and broken down and analytical. When I read that book, I was like, Oh, this is, it's just a step-by-step process. I could do that. One of the major steps of that was writing things down. So, uh, read that book, read it through a bunch of times, followed those steps. And with the advice that I had in mind of, of finding what you're good at and what you like and figuring out how to serve others with that and creating the most, most value by doing that. And this book will help you do that.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We've been blessed. Like I look at my life and the Lord's been good to me. I don't deserve it. I, I think is a very important distinction to make. I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve what, like some people will work harder than me, right? Um, and end up in different places, right? So I don't deserve it. I don't take any, I don't take any of it for granted.
0: Um, but. And don't get it confused either. It's not always about working. But that's what I was just
1: going to say. Like, just. How do I word this? Like. Don't, don't settle. If that, Mm -hmm. like, you don't, you don't have to settle. Right? Like, um. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a very motivational speaker.
0: Because the the reason I think that this is, I'm not a very good motivational speaker. The reason (laughs) this is so important and I'm passionate and growing more passionate about trying to explain this and articulate this to people is that it is not about earning more money. Or creating a more status, it like, or getting a cooler car or a bigger house. Like, what's great is that it will unlock the ability to do all of those things if you want them. But the most important thing is that the pursuit of what exactly what Cameron, Cam, and myself are doing—that is like what creates a happy person. And so that is absolutely what I. I think every person should be striving towards is just like the pursuit of what we're explaining is happiness on a, on a daily basis. Uh, and that's when you've made it. And then what's cool is the material things become unimportant, but yet simultaneously you start to be able to afford all of the material things that you no longer even categorize as important, which is really cool. Right, like already, we I bought Ali a Porsche. I bought her an AMG. All of these things. We have now got rid of them, and now we just have a Toyota Tundra. And we've done that by twenty nine. When we're still at the beginning stages of this whole thing. Like I don't care about any of that stuff. When I say early in this podcast that I want to buy an airplane, it's not for the status of having an airplane. I just I think that that's just another example of me doing something that everybody thinks is crazy, and. Proving that it. oh, well, well, okay, I decided I could do it watch. I'm just going to go ahead and just do it because I decided that I can, um, yeah, that was a long winded answer by both of us. But I, I think that, I don't know. In talking to a lot of people, this is what's cool about this app. Actually, Cam, I get so many mess. I don't know what the type of messages that you get are, or if they vary pretty widely, but I get a lot of messages. With questions similar to that, and just more of asking about life. Yeah. Which is cool. Absolutely. And I, again, I'm 29. You're even younger. Both of us don't have any clue of what's going on. But not a real idea. Yeah, not not a clue. I've but lived no life
1: compared to most people. I'm 24 years old. Um, yeah,
0: that's crazy. I but mean, that's we've an, we've, or, had,
1: we've seen a lot, though. I mean, we we see. Okay the the entire country in the span of five months at the beginning of every year so we have that going but um you know it, i don't know it's just cool it's just cool i i only come from a point of like um yeah i
0: you gotta do you, you it gotta, you gotta take you just the, gotta f- you, do it you gotta believe at least a little bit at first you're not gonna believe fully don't I expect think, yourself yeah. to believe fully at the beginning You're going to have to fake it till you make it a little bit. And even in your own head, like trust me, I've been faking it till I've been making it this whole time. Uh, It it hasn't been until very recently that I actually have a true, really, really deep self-belief and that's developing as we speak as well. But you just have to begin. Like I was looking through my notes the other day. My phone's going to die as I'm doing this and I write down so much stuff in my phone by the way i was scrolling through my notes and on june 2nd 2022 i wrote down buy the book think and grow rich (laughs) and i the reason i wrote that is because the idea came into my head somehow when i was on a plane but i didn't have wi-fi to be able to get the book so i wrote it in my note I saw that note the next day and I ordered it. And it's like, that's an example of so many people would hear somebody say something or give you a piece of advice. And so many people think, yeah, I should do that or uh, tomorrow or hey, that that would be cool. It's like me and going to the gym. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And there's, nothing, there's nothing
1: holding you back. I, I've seen so many people come from a lot of money and be successful, and I've seen so many people come from absolutely no money and be very successful. Just, mm-hmm. you can do it. You yep. can. Actually, maybe you can't, but I, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: what's the, whether you can or whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right? Is that yeah, the, is yeah that the that's sign? a good
1: way to put it, sure. I think right.
0: that's actually in the, you know, it's cool about the Think and Grow Rich book is I got this tattooed on my arm, Years ago, I got this tattooed on my arm. You haven't heard the story? I don't know. I got this part tattooed on my arm when I was 18 years old, maybe. It says, if you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world, we find success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. And that's an excerpt from Think and Grow Rich. Oh, that's hilarious. Crazy. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Nice. Okay. Well, we ended on that note. 20-minute motivational speech. You want to hear some good news? What? I just got a text.
1: Upgraded to first class on the way to Atlanta.
0: See? Yeah. We were just... You know what we just did? And watch. Did I... Did anything good happen on my phone? (laughs) Oh. Sweet. Okay. Something good. Two orders. We had a slow day in the store, but I just got two orders literally within the last two minutes. Dude, I
1: got two orders today, too. I'm freaking pumped.
0: Yeah. It's been slow because we're getting towards the tail end of... We're getting ready to announce quarter three so it's expected that it's slow but see we vibrate on a little bit higher level money comes in (laughs) upgraded to first class it's just what happens that's just what happens okay uh well this was fun i'm thirsty lips are chapped mouth super dry dude it's unbelievable actually so we'll see in atlanta i'm gonna go in the pool uh see you in a couple days thanks for listening watching moto academy podcast number one podcast in the world Toodaloo.